this and we're recording it is another uh black tower podcast episode it is a it is a time for reflection it is a time of 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 weekly internalization is, is it a time of turmoil in the galaxy maybe the best of times the worst of times it could also be one of those. <laughs> oh man. How did that happen? How did I make a Star Wars reference where Josh didn't? And then Andrew just coming in with just like, hey guys, can we elevate this? This is this is just, unacceptable. Just a oh tiny bit. We need to get yeah, warm. Yeah, Carrie's already yeah. we're we're I, joined tonight. I start up uh, here and as the tank goes down, the like <laughs> then it goes from like literary analysis to like just <laughs> drunk babble dick jokes D- D- daniel give us our intro Excellent. Glad to do so. Hi, everybody. You are here because you stumbled upon us, uh, and I don't know how you did that. It's very odd. Uh, Sorry about that. But I can tell you, you're going to have fun. So, you know, there's that. We are the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast. So if you haven't read the Wheel of Time, that's actually okay for this episode here. Well, it's crazy. No, it is. Okay. It is. Uh, If you have ever asked someone about the Wheel of Time and gotten an answer of this is what the Wheel of Time is about, you can listen to this episode of this show. Unfortunately, most of them you can't, but this one you can. And that is because we are doing something very special tonight. Uh, But before we get into that, we should probably introduce who we are and then introduce why it is that this episode is going to be special. So I am your Amon Khan Mahale, the flag-waving, song-singing, drum-beating Mahale who leads us into battle from the back of the pack, playing lots of loud trumpets. You're Daniel Mahale. I, I prefer to Daniel imagine Mahale. you at the head of the bagpipe corps. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well i'm your vajon mail i'm the one that they stick at the front of the people going into battle because they're like hey you lead the battles have fun so uh yeah plenty of scars yeah well, it hurts i'm like the minesweeper in front of the rest of the convoy oh. i just step on all the mines no so my name is Andrew. That we're, we are the one we're confident enough in to put at the front of the battle because we're pretty sure you're gonna come out of <laughs> I am your Sorovan Mahale, and tonight I'm getting twisted because everything is just peachy. I'm getting uh twisted tonight. Yeah. He's it's gonna, gonna be awesome. Uh, My name is Josh, and I'm the one that they leave back in the barracks 
not because they actually want me to guard anything, but because they're afraid I'm going to mess it up on the battlefield. So they're like, we need you here. You're the weatherman. You're combat weatherman. He's the weatherman. <laughs> You're combat weather. He doesn't call oh. the storms or the lightning. He just <laughs> tells us when them. it's going to happen. Like, guys, don't worry. In this battle, we've got a high of 73 degrees Fahrenheit today. You'll be fine. So, you know what happens to a peach. toad when it's struck by lightning? I'm so glad such a stupid line. <laughs> stupid so, um, line. I'm excited to see somebody faffo with a twisted T and find out the way you're supposed to with twisted T rather than the smacked in the face way. Right. There you go. All right, guys. Tonight, so yeah, tonight we have a very special episode because as I said earlier, most of our episodes are full spoiler episodes. They deal with the entire breadth of the Wheel of Time series because the three Mahales at the Black Tower have read the entire series. And we find it very fun to talk about things that stretch the entire length uh, because Robert Jordan is actually incredibly good throughout the book series of doing things like callbacks and building foundations early for things that happen later and having a through line through all of his books. However, we do also very much appreciate the beginnings, the, the early books, the ones where we didn't have any idea what was going to happen next, the ones that got us into the series, the ones that made us super excited about this, uh, about getting further in, all of that good stuff. And so we have invited one of our uh, friends and first-time readers, Carrie, say hi. Hi guys. <laughs> to sort of bring us back to our roots, bring us back to the beginning, bring us back to when we were first time readers and just talk a little bit through sort of what your thoughts are, remind us of all that nostalgia that we had when we were still on book one uh, and really just make us incredibly jealous because we can never have that moment again, but that we are excited for you to have. So Carrie, Remind tell us, us a of a time where we didn't have bills, please. Right. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of true. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you are in the book series. And then we'll move on into sort of just your thoughts as you are uh, where you are in the series. Okay. Uh, I'm Carrie. Uh, I am the WatCon cheerleader um, on Twitter. Um, you did an amazing excited. job, by the way. Super yeah. excited. Uh, that's coming up. And by the way, if you're a first-time reader, you can actually listen to the Black Tower podcast episode where they talk about Wakan because it's spoiler-free. That is also accurate. <laughs> I that think was a, we're up a very to like nice episode. So yeah, I feel like we're up Good. to like ten episodes that are spoiler-free, but it's also out of like 150, 200 episodes at this point. Yeah. So it's not a large percent. It's just a surprisingly large number of um let's see uh some more things about myself um i have two lovely cute... kids <laughs> I was um, say, at least one cute kid <laughs> i started um something on twitter uh hashtag wheel of time with kids um if you follow that you will find nice. a lot of funny things that my kids say as it pertains to wheel of time um Kind of like kids say the darnest thing, but it's Wheel mm -hmm. of Time related. Nice. So my daughter, for example, 
said something really funny a while back where she's like, mommy, it's not, it's not Aesodai, it's Aesodai. Like she was correcting my pronunciation, you know, it's like, where does she come up with this stuff? <laughs> um, Already a member of the fandom. Perfect. Yep, so, she's, she's there. She's got it. And one time, you know, she likes to read. Sometimes she likes to say, can I read part of your book to you as a bedtime story? I'm like, okay. So she'll like open up. This is back in Eye in the World. She was like reading two pages and it was all a description of like a horse stable and like nothing <laughs> big was happening. It was just descriptions of like settings and horses and stuff. I'm like, okay, thank you, RJ. You know, you're very uh, overly descriptive on some of your stuff. Um, but one time she asked me, hey, can I read tonight? And I said, uh, no, I'm, at, I'm kind of at that chapter in Fires of Heaven, you know, that one with the snow and <laughs> the igloo. Like, no, you can't read that one out loud. Yeah, um, that's going to be so a problem. I said, not, not tonight, honey. <laughs> um, so, it's a little um, far fetched for you to read. And then, <laughs> When I'm not reading Wheel of Time, I'm doing martial arts. Um, I started that about a year ago. Uh, my kids started about a year and a half ago. Um, nice. So I love Kung Fu. I also do a little bit of Tai Chi. Um, nice. And it keeps me out of trouble. Um, so you and so, Jason Denzel should have a talk because Jason Denzel is also a, a black belt Oh God, level I have a long practitioner. Ways, a long ways to go before I'm anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Can I just say I love there's a there's a uh, a commercial out and it's really dorky commercial I think it's for like the NAACP or AARP or something um, and it talks about like how kids need to think about retirement so much more because we live longer and so more of your life can be spent in retirement and there's this moment where this younger woman or this this like young girl not even just younger woman, like young girl who's like eight is doing Tai Chi with this like 65, 70 year old woman. And she just goes, this is just slow-mo karate. And the older woman goes, <laughs> yep, just slow-mo karate. And I thought it was the most hilarious description of Tai Chi. It. it was great. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yeah, that's um, very so, cool. Okay, so, okay. I, I feel bad. I have to yell at my kids. Ollie, no. go upstairs now. Go. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Josh also does that because he's the other one of us who has kids. So you are. Okay, You're so, totally fine. Um, I'm currently on book six, uh, Lord nice. of Chaos. Yes! And, you know, I take this book, I take my books everywhere I go, um, like at work every day, even if I don't get a chance to read it, I just like, it's like a comfort thing. I like to have them next to me mm -hmm. so with the intent that someday i'll have time on my lunch break to actually read you know it, it's <laughs> so i had this on my desk and yesterday my coworker saw it and she's like oh i love those harlequin romance novel covers and i'm like oh my god this is not a romance <laughs> novel <laughs> oh daryl k I mean, sweet but it also kind of is though like if we're being <laughs> honest like seriously like really <laughs> what were they thinking yeah um, so I'm kind of a unique first time reader. I started in the late nineties. Um, I was on a trip visiting some cousins and, uh, the boy cousins sat me around the kitchen table. One of them was off on the side reading fires of heaven. I still remember that. 
and the other two boy cousins were giving me like a sales pitch. Hey, we want to tell you about this book series, <laughs> you know, like with the arms moving all ah! around, like uh, giving me vocab words, like what an Aes Sedai is, or, uh, <laughs> you know, like the magic, the creatures, like giving me the, you know, the premise the of the 411. Yeah. Excuse me, Carrie. Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior, the Dragon Reborn? <laughs> <laughs> so something sparked in me at that point. I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of a fantasy loving nerd. I think I'll, you know, I'll read this book. You know, it can't be any different from any other book I read. Right. So I went back, I think I was junior or senior in high school at the time. I went back, I started reading, and then I got all, all the way up to book four. Um, I was literally halfway through book four mm -hmm. when life happened. I was in college, stuff got busy, mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason, I stopped reading. Mm -hmm. But I put it on my shelf. I had, at that point, I started to collect all the books. So I literally started to collect all the books. I love going to used bookstores, and it's, it's like the fun of the hunt to find a book. I don't want to just order it. No, I want to go to a bookstore and randomly find it. You know, like it's funner yes. that way. So I slowly and slowly built up my collection. Even though yes. I haven't read those books, Feel I was like, the this, is the best. Flow through you. this is the best <laughs> fantasy series ever, which is silly for me to say, because I hadn't even finished it at that point. But, you know, it stayed on my shelf. Several years passed. I and then finally, you know, that's when I found the fandom. Uh, I saw a trailer for a new TV show called The Wheel of Time. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> so then I Googled, um, I'm sure my, my friends can relate. I Googled uh, Wheel of Time on YouTube. And that's when I discovered some of the, you know, the big content creators like Daniel Green, uh, Nablus, uh, The Dusty Wheel. And from there, it branched off into everybody else, like Unraveling the Pattern, The Black Tower, you know, like, everybody and then at that point i got excited to pick up the series again after several years mm -hmm. um but i'm a rebel you know i started with new spring i love new spring i've read it twice um i love the backstory uh between moraine and uh land you don't get yes. enough of that in the main series at least early on i don't know if it ever picks up at some point but for up until book six, i appreciate that you recognize that that's a possibility <laughs> and I will not ruin whether it does or okay, does not okay. happen. <laughs> so for me, it gave me a good backstory of some of the main characters and mm -hmm. anything related to uh, the girls being in the tower. That's kind of like some of my favorite chapters to read as a whole, um, mm -hmm. especially in the Dragon Reborn, when you talk about them going through their testing and all that. I love that. Um, some of my favorite parts. Um, but I do have a Taviran uh, story for you, a, a kind of like a side comment to my origin story. Ooh, um, yes. Many years ago. So hold was... on, Carrie, just really quick before we go into that. I, I want to make sure that we do this right. Earlier, I said that this was going to be a fully spoiler free episode because I didn't actually realize how quite how far you were into the book series. So I'm going <laughs> to go to my co-hosts really quick. Do we want to spoiler this up to a certain point, or do we want to make sure that we actually keep this down completely spoiler free for the most part? No, no, no. We we partial spoilers. Okay, so do we want to do it? Do we want to cut it at uh fires of the end of fires of heaven um into Lord of Chaos? Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I was thinking. Okay, cool. Yeah. So awesome. 
let's go ahead and there's your spoiler warning listeners yes if you are continuing to listen after this point you may be spoiled to everything uh up to the last page of fires of heaven uh so please definitely keep listening um and i'm a hundred percent sure we are like pretty soft spoilers so if you're okay with soft spoilers you're probably okay here uh but if you are a hundred percent against spoilers and you haven't read past fires of heaven uh or if you haven't read sorry if you haven't read past uh eye of the world into the other books and you are hard against spoilers probably bow out now uh, if you've read all the way up to fires of heaven you are perfectly safe <laughs> awesome so sorry Terry, okay. continue, please. Okay, so here's my little Tiviran story, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a side comment to my origin. So back when I was in college and I was on the Great Hunt, so obviously book two, um, I was at the airport one day. And you know those long line of chairs that they have that you sit on while you wait at your gate and you're waiting mm-hmm. for your plane to arrive. So I was there sitting, reading a book. I was traveling back home to California, um, and I can't remember where I was, my origin flight was. It was either Dallas or Michigan. I, I can't remember. I can't remember who I was dating at the time. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so yep. anyways, I'm there reading my book. And, you know, back then, before you find the fandom, you, you feel like, oh, my God, I'm the only person that likes this series. Like, there's no other fans out there. It's just me. <laughs> so oh. this lady, this lady walks by and she kind of like, doesn't sit directly across from me but she sits like one or two chairs across from me opposite me and I look over because she has a book in her hand and I look over and I'm smiling and I'm smirking and I looked up at her and I said hey nice book she was reading eye of the world Mm -hmm. so I thought that was pretty cool and then listen to this we get on the airplane and she literally is sitting next to me on the plane nice and we were sitting side by side she was reading her eye of the world i was reading my great hunt we didn't really talk that much but i was still in awe that oh my god i can't believe somebody else likes these books and so whoever you are friendly lady (laughs) curious if you ever finish the series don't even know where you are or if you're in the fandom or did you just give up i don't know so i thought that was kind of a cool story First off, that yes, that is an awesome story. Yes. Um, and I will say that I am like, okay. You know, there's a like a psychological thing that humans have a hard time with like large quantities, right? Anytime you start saying a million, a billion, a trillion, it it goes it just from all being sounds a like the same quantifiable. Number, yeah. yeah. It goes from being a quantifiable. I know if I put six cookies in my hand, I can gauge that relatively well Mm -hmm. as opposed to having 20 cookies in my hand but it's a small number to not when you start talking about lots and lots of people or or lots and lots of quantities you know it gets Mm. really difficult to sort of quantify in your brain so i go to where you're going with this yeah and there's a couple thousand people that go to jordan con right cool we go to watcon and i think there was about a thousand like, at Jordan Con about both a, years that we went. I thought it was closer to two. No, that we've no. never sold the, the maximum tickets that Jordan Con can sell is twelve hundred. Again, this is totally. Point I'm being, just being pedantic. Yeah, but also point, 
<laughs> Point being, I know what there's I'm a doing. lot of people at JordanCon. There's yes. a lot of people at WatCon. Mm-hmm. And I'm still surprised at how often, because I mean, now as you know, as someone who has a podcast, I go out looking for mm-hmm. Wheel of Time fans because I want to like, you know, introduce them to the fandom and and, and increase our numbers. And uh I am surprised. I am genuinely surprised at how many people to this day have read the books and just kind of go i'm an island i'm the only one i know who's read these books and i just i'm i've accepted that i've 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 accepted that i am the only one who's read these books in real life um i know i was like that for a very long time like i knew dragon mount existed but they were mostly on forums and i had a hard time with forums man i just couldn't like they just don't click with my brain um, and then, you know, of course, I heard about Jordan Con and I was like, that sounds cool. I don't know if that's going to be a thing for very long or not, but maybe I'll go one day. <laughs> and so I I like that you found someone in the wild and at an airport because it, like, I, I too remember that magic feeling when you find someone in the wild for the first time. And I remember I had a black jacket on and I put, it was Halloween. So I put my sword and dragon pin on and I was like, low effort, high quality, deep cut Halloween costume. And I was wandering around and someone was like, hey, keep that madness in check. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) you know what I am? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Well, I, I love what you sort of Josh is bringing up here because I it's definitely one of those things where I, I think all of us here on this podcast have very much the, the experience of until the TV show came out and even still to a certain extent after, books are something that a lot of people seem to feel very island on unless they're actively coming out in your lifetime. And then even that, because I felt like a lot of like, I didn't talk about the Lord of the Rings books very much with anyone until the movies came out. And then once the movies came out, I found found out that I wasn't alone and a lot of people had actually read the books, but I didn't really talk about the books about with people until I started referencing the movies. And then they were like, oh, well, that's not in the books or like, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, wait, you've read the books? Then they'd be like, yeah. Um, And again, to Josh's point in some ways, in I just looked it up. In 2014, which is the closest number that I can get, uh, the global sales of the Wheel of Time books are upwards of 80 million copies sold. Now, granted, even if you go ahead and divide that by 14 books... That's still over 12 million people who presumably have these books and own them. Now, granted, again, that's a huge number. It's also a relatively small number of the population because the population of the world is like 7 billion people. And again, now we're getting into those numbers that Josh talked about of being so high that they're kind of like... I don't really have a scale for that. But again, that means that there are presumably 12 million people running around who could recognize 
what's going on. Now, I do also recognize that that doesn't mean that everybody's actually read the books that they have on their bookshelf. That also doesn't mean that um, that it doesn't count people who have bought multiple copies of the books because they like the this printing and that printing. And I, I get that and I appreciate that. But again, even at all of those things being true and it only being closer to like 1 million people, that's still a million people who are running around having read this series. Like that's a lot of people, even though it's still like a small percentage, that's still so many humans. It is. It is a lot of peeps. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, continuation of my story. Yes. So please you're going to fast forward several years and mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out my older brother had read the series all the way through. And what was interesting to me that I didn't know at the time, um, <laughs> his wife, my sister-in-law, is an avid Wheel of Time fan. Like she rereads the series every year. And so oh, when wow, I went to nice. go visit them two years ago, and uh, I think uh, he lives in Colorado. So we went to go visit him. And then he said, oh, yeah, here's my wife's books all on the shelf. And I'm like, wait she's a wheel of time fan like what like how come i didn't know this like all these years and so i got her actually into watching the dusty wheel it's so funny like sometimes she's in chat (laughs) she's like hey sis and i'm like hey i'm like oh my god i can't believe my family's actually in here like it's just (laughs) oh and by the way um i don't know if i should say this but i will just because um she submitted a a bot idol parody uh this year she surprised me i didn't know but she had the creepy one, the one that was ah. very creepy. Uh, oh. The mask and the painted dagger. I don't know what she was doing. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, she's getting ideas for next year. So we'll, we'll see. Nice. Um, but. Uh, you say they live in. Uh, Colorado. Colorado. They live in yeah. Colorado. So yeah. they should come to the Gathering Madness. <laughs> Where's the Gathering Madness? It's going to be in Utah. It's in oh, October. Yeah. This this year's they're they're always incredible, but this year's is going to be uh, next pretty epic, incredible. Yeah. So. So sorry. The, no, I'm, yeah. I'm. My thoughts are kind of all over the place, but excellent. Um, we don't know I what can... that's like at all. <laughs> <laughs> you fit I'm, in very well. I, I'm improving. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> Again, you fit in very again, well here. When I picked up the books again and I reread it, I wanted to get to the part where I left off the first time many years ago. And I was like, I know I read somewhere in book four. I don't know how far I read, but I'm just waiting for that moment when I realize, oh my God, I finally got past that point that I couldn't finish the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal for me. So I finally realized where that point was. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Shadow Rising. Um, I was literally... <laughs> At the part, I stopped reading right right when Rand arrived um, in that Aeol Waste and he was about to enter Ruidian. And I'm like, oh my God, I stopped right at the best part of the book. No way! <laughs> and I had no idea. Yeah. Because that's the part Ugh. that everybody is crazy over. I didn't know. So when it's I. It's one of the best parts. Yeah. When I read the book again, like, I said one all of. The way, when I read the book again all the way through, I felt so embarrassed, like, oh my God, this is the book I stopped at. And I realized in the fandom, this is a lot of people's favorite book. And I kind of like stopped reading it. Um, 
so you know once I got past that then I went into fires of heaven and it was like new territory for me I can't really tell you guys what my favorite book is. Um, I'll yeah. probably get some Well, I mean, left. again, I was going to say, I, it's it's a little hard to say until you finish the book series. I mean, you can yeah. say of the ones I've read, you know, X yeah. is my favorite book, but it it's certainly in no way not that it doesn't count until you finish the series, but it's, it's without having a full set of information, mm-hmm. it it always feels a little lackluster to go ahead and say, this is my favorite book. Uh, my favorite book so far is like the closest, but like, yeah. Yes. Josh, remind me, what is your, do you have a favorite book? Have we talked about what is your favorite book? I, I okay. So I, I, my favorite book is Winter's Heart for reasons. Okay. Understood. And, um, Oh, it's because they do the thing about the thing with the thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, the with thing. the with the yep. people in person. Yeah. Yep. And then the stuff happens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember. It's the first time we see Batman. <laughs> like the dark. And those pops in, snaps yeah. his fingers. That son of a bitch. Um, I have a Winter's okay. Heart cool. story like really that. quick for you. Uh oh. So hey, I, you I was shouldn't not supposed have, to have a Winter's Heart, heart story. story. No, no, listen to me. So now that I've. <laughs> reestablish myself in the community and you know reading again i've started to find more people in the wild right Mm -hmm. so i was at my car dealership once uh, several months ago getting my car or you know whatever oil change whatever and i go set my book down on the counter to go pay and the service guy that i've known for years by the way 10 plus years he looks at my book and he's like oh i read one of those and i said which one did you read he said oh i read winter's heart i'm like you started by reading what? Winter's Heart. <laughs> he says, his, in his defense, he was a teen, teenager at the time. Mm. He went to the bookstore, saw a nice cover, and said, hey, yeah. I'm going to read that. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. I challenged him. Go back and start from the beginning. <laughs> oh, my God. No, he, I've oh! definitely, I've never oh! actually done that before, but I've, like, been this close to doing that so many times of the, like, you go in and it's in, like, the new releases and it looks cool, so you pick up the book and you're like, oh, man, I should probably read this, and then you realize right before, like, you actually make the decision that you're gonna go buy it that it's book five of a series and you're like, oh, I am very glad that I did not try to start on book five of a series. I I mean, that's that's where I kind of count my lucky stars, because the first real fantasy series or whatever that I ever read was uh was Harry Potter mm-hmm. and I resisted it for the longest I was like I'm not gonna read it uh you know I'm not that interested in the premise and mom was like on the third book third or fourth book sure and I was like well okay fine I'll just read start reading where you are to see if I like it and she was like no 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 you gotta start at, at the beginning um yeah. and at the time I was like okay fine uh and it, it took a little bit of getting into but uh sure I'm thankful that it did because now like if i pick up a series i'm definitely going to start at the beginning even if it's like rulingly painful to get through the first book or two or whatever it may be and um, some of them are yeah yeah it's because harry it's invaluable harry potter sorcerer's stone is not written super well neither yeah. is the <laughs> like first book of the inheritance series aragon not written super well but by the time you get to the end 
they've grown a lot as writers yeah. So. yeah i mean you can also try starting like uh this really niche series called mystic uh pretty pretty decent yeah, i i hear the uh the author is a pretty cool dude too yeah yeah he's pretty cool i hear, I hear, he he, I hear he's of, like a black belt wheel of time, uh, yeah. memorabilia yeah but, I, I will um, say this for those of you who don't know uh jason denzel has officially retired from dragon mount oh all it right was then. it was a little bit he 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 posted a thing on Facebook about it and it was bittersweet. Um, but he was like, it's been 25 years since they launched Dragon Mount. And you know, he's he's got his own book series, the Mystic Book Series, which is a trilogy series. It's really, really great. Um, super unique plot lines, like mm -hmm. really cool. Um, so check those out. But uh, yeah, he he uh, he passed over. He handed over Dragon Mount to someone else, and he he's moving on with his career and his life. That makes which sense. I thought was which was which was kind of cool. So mm -hmm. shout out to Jason Denzel, you're awesome, sir. Indeed. Friend Sorry, Andrew, channel. you were you were saying. Yeah, and I I interrupted Andrew. Oh no, you're fine. That's that's good to know because I I honestly I didn't know that. As many people know, I'm not like I'm on social media, but I'm not on. <laughs> that much anymore yeah um i think the most social media interaction i get is the random um like snapchats from like josh or whoever <laughs> that sounds uh, about right and just in discord messages until i get tired of discord and delete it off my phone for a day or two <laughs> so many notifications sometimes um but yeah no i mean uh what were we talking about before i started talking Winter's um, hard. Gonna go I have a few more in the wild yes. stories to share. Would love so, to hear those. Um, and, okay, I just yeah. To... When you when you uh, remember, Andrew, sound off. Indeed. Okay, so um, the Lights Work podcast has an episode where they talk about um, is the Watt fandom a cult, and the funny things that take place in that um, episode are. Um, I feel like I'm like a total evangelist towards Watt. I don't know why, but I love sharing it with people. So I was at work one day, and as you know, I like to put my book on my desk just to have it as a comfort thing. Mm -hmm. uh, one time, the vice president of the company came over to talk to me about something, and he looks at my book, and he's like, oh, yeah, Wheel of Time. I read about six of those. And I'm like, what? Like, seriously? And then I found out he likes Sanderson, so he was reading a Sanderson book. And meanwhile, this guy in engineering is like reading a different Sanderson book. And I'm like, what about the Wheel of Time? Like, come on. Like, and so this one guy is like, yeah, my sister-in-law is really into it. I'm like, well, hook me up. I can invite her to WatCon. Like, she's local, right? Like, you know, tell me about her. And then he's like, yeah, I started reading the Wheel of Time and I'm in the Great Hunt. And I just, you know, I'm kind of like stuck and Anyways, after a couple of conversations with him, I checked back with him and he's like, yeah, I finally finished it. It was really good. So it's like, I love to inspire people and be their cheerleader. And the funny thing That's is I'm awesome. still going through this myself. So it's just kind of, you know, I guess I'm doing Excellent. the right work. Well, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that sort of uh, like symbiotic thing of being someone else's cheerleader is often a pretty good way of being your own cheerleader. Uh, and so again, given that you are, because 
it's easy for somebody who's finished the books to be like, oh yeah, you should read it. Um, because they're already done. Like they they've finished the they've finished the marathon. So they're of course they're telling you to do a marathon. <laughs> um, but it is definitely in my humble opinion very different to have somebody still being involved with their reading and things like that uh saying like no no no, keep going it's very it's it's still really fun it's still really good it's still really exciting like i'm still in the throes of it and i i'm telling you like you know that that it's fun and that you should should continue especially because again i mean uh not to rehash lots of other things that we've said on lots of other episodes. Um, the slog is nicknamed that for a reason. It's not the most exciting parts of the book. And there's uh, some truth in the fact that there's a lot of events that are happening simultaneously. So it's kind of like you read multiple books for one time frame. Uh, but of course, when it comes right down to it, <clears throat> the... The reason that it got that nickname was because you were waiting years for a not super exciting set of circumstances. Um, and so again, like sort of having it was like somebody... me looking at turning 30 this year. Right. <laughs> years for a not exciting set of circumstances. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh continue. But yeah, so you know, definitely having somebody in the middle of the slog or something like that just still being excited about about being like hey you should keep reading the books please like it's it's still fun it's still exciting i'm still having a good time like you're not quite where i am but i'm not just like looking at you from the mountaintop being like keep climbing motherfucker like like it's a different feeling um and so i that's a what yeah Yeah. there we go sure let's go with that now get Uh, a bookmark and a (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i love though is like uh those in the wild moments other than like obviously dedicated wheel of time events i have run into wheel of time fans in the absolute most random of places like Um, the person who does service on your car uh yeah (laughs) no sorry that was carrie's yeah story i had to think because um so like uh my first my first year working uh where i work now I was over in a, uh, a warehouse section right next to a metal fab shop on base. And I'm sitting there trying to help these guys get their computers working because like their scanners broke or whatever. And one of the guys came back from lunch and he was sitting there. He's like, oh, how's it going? And he like just pointed at my arm and he was like, you're a Wheel of Time fan. And I was like, uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, and so we got to talk about that. And then, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, all the way up until like uh, the last weekend of April when I did the anniversary trip with Maya to Hilton Head, walking around like this whole shopping uh, kind of center outside at Caligny Beach. And we go into like this custom candle shop where they make like all kinds of thematic candles. Like there was anime uh, candles. Uh, there were Studio Ghibli uh, candles. Na- there was like a NASCAR candle. Uh, the- I have to get Maya to send me pictures of the Star Wars candles I bought her because um, they're pretty dope. Uh, but we go to check out, and uh, the lady at the desk is like, oh, Wheel of Time. Um, so it's always been in the most random nice. of places. Uh, but you also get to see uh, 
uh, like Carrie was talking about, uh, kind of evangelizing for the Wheel of Time series, I turned uh, at one point 90% of my office into Wheel of Time readers. Um, my boss at the time uh, bought Eye of the World. Uh, our printer and video teleconference specialist guy, he's still reading the books. Uh, the One of the guys that left and went back to California now, he's just started reading the books. Uh, then I had a, another buddy or another coworker uh, that he actually finished the whole series. And his was the most fun because as he would go through different things, he would, you know, obviously ask questions because he knew I'd read the books and uh, knew a little bit about the books at least. And just watching his reaction at different points in the series, whenever like, you know, like exciting stuff happened or crazy stuff happened or, you know, the really like the really messed up stuff would happen. And he'd just be like, what the hell, man? I'm just like, what have you done? Yeah, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And it was there is something still kind of like. Like not morbidly, but kind of like Schauenfreudery enjoyable about being able to look at somebody and be like, oh, just Raffo. Yeah, it's like, you know, like it's it's it feels like or it sounds like you're just withholding information. But in the end, I don't think I've. I've met anybody that was, you know, really that upset after they read and found out whatever it was. Um, after being told, like, hey, trust me, just read it and and you'll find out like here soon. I remember I think the most I would tell them was like, hey man, in five chapters, you'll figure out the answer. Mm. I, I remember as a first-time reader getting raffled left and right, and it was so <laughs> it was like, oh my god, I wasn't ever like mad about it. It's not like I was mad, but it was just like, oh. I need yeah. to know now. I'll never forget the the <laughs> first question he asked me was uh he was like what's the difference between Murdral, Halfman and the Eyeless? And I'm like it's the same. Nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> it's the same thing and he's like, "Oh, okay." That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's it's kind of a valid question, really. <laughs> I know, mean, like it was absolutely fair and I and I laughed because I remember reading the first book and being like like flipping back and forth, being like, okay, these are the same thing. Hey, hey man, can you tell me why they have 12 names for one thing? Yeah. So, oh, was, there was one point in the books where he asked me, he was like, uh, he was asking a question. He's like, I can't remember the Isidai's name. It started with an S. And I just stared at him. I was like, <laughs> nope. Bruh. Nope. <laughs> but I was like, well, right. it narrows it down from 2,700 to 1,300. <laughs> Or so, you know, nope. <laughs> Maybe. So, so Carrie, let me <clears throat> let me ask you this. Let just, me just ask get everybody you caught question. up. You are you just started Lord of Chaos, right? Because as mm-hmm. you as you had specified earlier in the episode, just as a yeah, long ass prologue. I'm still in it. <laughs> long ass prologue where you get to meet some cool people. And let me ask you this: up until where you are. What is like your 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 like the the most significant scene or the most like impactful scene, the scene that made you gasp, the scene that's your favorite, the scene that you think of a lot? Like, is there a is there a part of the story in the books that you keep coming back to? I mean, there's. I think each book has its own moment. Uh, it's hard to 100%. pick just one. Um, like I mentioned, Dragon Reborn. I love the. The sequence with the girls going through their testing um through the what is it terang i can't say this tongue twister um that was memorable for me from that book um 
Shadow Rising. I the okay. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Matt is my favorite character. Um, the part with him, Matt. Matt. Oh so, yes. Matt going to oh yeah. By the way, uh, in case you don't know, spoilers, guys. Again, Shadow Rising. Um, Matt going to Ruidian and going through the doorway, the twisted doorway. Um, that was a pretty cool moment for me because Matt is so awesome. He's flawed, he's stupid, but he's so lovable. And I don't know how to explain that. Other people are standoffish by him, but I am, I just love him more for that goofiness. Well, he's he's kinky. like a comic relief. Um, I, I have a friend just, just looking at how reading, reading all books. it. He's pretty kinky. So I like it. <laughs> I have a friend who stopped reading the books because she could not stand Matt. <sighs> and and he, could not get past it and was like i hate this kid and just stopped re- and i was like ah but anyway again anyway. depending on where they were i can understand it but also I, no <laughs> so i go ahead i, I, I mean yeah, i'm yeah. cheating here i have lots of moments um in the shadow rising there's obviously more than one right so you have mm-hmm. the twisted doorway matt going through you have the backstory of the whole uh uh the ieel and how they came about how they evolved from the traveling people i mean i was my mind was blown like i had no idea the concept of the way of the leaf originated from this and that was huge um and also my favorite part of the shadow rising i don't know everybody has a different favorite part but i loved the perrin story arc where he went back to the two rivers and the part about him uh talking about all the people in the neighborhood uh this person that person that i don't know how to explain it it was just so awesome (laughs) Yes. It was one of my favorite parts. It was his story arc. And once I got to his story arc, he had several chapters and several point of views, which disappeared in Fires of Heaven. Like, what the heck? Where's my parent? You know, like, he's gone. Oh, Um, don't worry. You're going to get some parent. Wait, so, you know, I I love that you brought up Fires of Heaven, though, specifically to Perrin's storyline back in Two Rivers. When people bring up Fires of Heaven. <laughs> oh, I haven't gotten to the fires of heaven yet. Or not fire. I, I meant yeah. shadow rising. That's the one. Yeah. Sorry. Well, oh. but she brought up fires of heaven in terms of Perrin is not nowhere to be found, but he is much less involved in yes. fires of heaven than he is in when, shadow rising. When uh, I, so shadow rising. She's on shadow rising, mm-hmm. and uh, she's reading, and, <laughs> and I get a message from her today. It goes. Wait, what the fuck? Did Perrin's family really just get murdered by white cloaks? And I was like, off screen. Yes. Yeah. To add insult to yeah. injury, off screen. Yeah. And and it that was such a hard scene. Like, it, it's just so gut wrenching. And and it's and you're absolutely right, Carrie. Like Perrin, man, he shines through that whole bit of story and uh just having that conversation i was i'm glad you brought this part up because like having that conversation with my with my friend in real life here um reminds me of that and everything that he's sort of accomplished 
in that little bit and wow just wow and um powerful stuff going back to the two rivers for the first time since you read eye of the world you're reintroduced to these characters that you haven't seen in books like several books and seeing those familiar faces again it's like it's like a homecoming and I don't know I love the parts where they talk about food (laughs) so like when they have like a nice home-cooked meal at the end or whatever you know I just love that and of course their food gets interrupted by some oh crap something is going on I gotta go get up and take care of something um but those are some of my favorite moments from the shadow rising um now fires of heaven is a different story um I struggled with this book a little bit. Um, it took me longer to read this one than it did uh, Shadow Rising for some reason. And I don't know if it was just because life got busy or certain parts of the book I felt like were sluggish a little bit. But then, man, when you get to like 75% through the book and Rand is about to descend upon uh, that city, I'm probably going to say it wrong, Kyrian. Um, yeah. Even Matt from the Dusty Wheel says it wrong. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so when he's about to descend on the city and then Matt is trying to leave and he's like, uh, I think I got to go now. I don't want to do anything. I, I don't want to be involved with you anymore. I just got to go. Like I've had enough of this weirdness being around you all this time. So he leaves and then you have this whole sequence where he goes off and he sees some people who are about to be killed because the battle is going a certain direction. And he's like, no, I got to help these people. And when he meets Tamanes, I mean, that was, I was like reading like crazy, like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so good. I love this part. Um, so I really love that as partly because I'm biased because I love Matt. And that was a good section for Matt in the book. Um, now, given being part of the fandom is difficult because of spoilers um going to live streams Mm -hmm. you go at your own risk Mm -hmm. sometimes live streams start off spoiler free and then they eventually go full book spoilers Mm -hmm. and it's it's a struggle to be a first-time reader and participate actively in the fandom so yes sometimes i get spoiled a tiny bit here and there like okay so and so is going to go through a doorway with a forsaken but i didn't have the context of when or how that was going to happen or so-and-so is going off in the snow to some igloo with someone and they're going to have a relationship. I'm like, okay, that's weird. I don't know how that's going to come about, but okay. But when you finally get to those parts, it's still like a surprise, even though you know a tiny bit about it, it's still a surprise because you now have context for how and why it's happening. And it still feels special. Um, Now I started, uh, one thing I didn't mention yet is I started doing the audiobooks about a year ago to help supplement my reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like to listen while I read because I love those cool voices in my head. <laughs> of, nice. Uh, the you know Michael Kramer, Kate Redding, uh, awesome audiobook Wait, authors, guys. Um, the way they do their voices for the different characters, it is like so amazing that. I just can't live without them now. And I have to listen while I read because if I just read the book now without their voices, I feel like I'm missing something. So sometimes I read and then I go back to the audio and catch up. And sometimes I go ahead on the audio and then I catch up with my reading. And sometimes I read simultaneously together. Somehow I make it work. That could delay my reading, but I'm savoring what I read 
before I move on to the next chunk of the book, if that makes Indeed. sense. Indeed. Are, are you excited to meet them in July? Um, actually, uh, can we or talk about WatCon? Can we talk about WatCon really quick? Yeah. Can I do like a promotion for WatCon? You we absolutely do. can. Okay. So last year I met them. and Oh, the that's time, right. You were there last year. I the was time, in the hangout last year. My bad. Yeah. I, I have a comment about that. I'll get to that in a minute. Oh. So, <laughs> so they showed up and not everybody swarmed around them at the time. I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I, in my reread of the series, uh, I call myself a born again first time reader or whatever. So I was rereading. And at the time, I was in the great hunt. And I felt so stupid going to a convention only having read like up to the second book because I forgot most of what I read the first time, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I introduced myself and I, you know, I talked to them for a couple minutes and then um, they were so friendly and nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even ran into Kate in the bathroom once and she looked at my cosplay and she's like, oh my God, you look amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. It's my first time doing this. Um, they are they some were, of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. Sweetest people and they are party animals. I've heard stories that they stay up later than anybody and they will well, drink anybody else, you know, yeah, well, I was going to say, let me, I, I do want to be so be a little bit clear about that. Not like that you're misrepresenting them or anything, but I, I think it's, it's different and I love it even more in some ways, which is why I want to clarify. I don't feel like Michael and Kate really love to party that much. It's not necessarily that they're party animals, but they will stay up until four in the morning drinking and having intimate conversations with a small group of people which is still odd like it's still not something I expect out of people uh who are like I don't know famous and and you know famous for this particular kind of thing but again as you said at like WatCon they would still be up in the lobby just like sitting with like eight people and Michael would just like look at someone and be like could you get me another drink? And you'd be like, yeah, absolutely. There was, <laughs> like, there was, uh, there was some, some uh, backstory behind this because they had, I believe it was Celtic Mist and maybe Rebecca from reading the pattern. I, I may have been got, I may be getting this correct incorrectly, but they went to Kate and said, how do we get, you know, are you guys going to stay up and drink and, and have fun with us? And Kate was mm-hmm. like, I'm in. Yeah. Um, but Michael's usually the one who likes to turn in, you know, and, and, and crash. And they said, how do we make that not happen? And she went, keep a glass of scotch in his hand. Just keep it coming all night. And he'll just stay up all night. Yep. <laughs> and that's what they did. And so you had you had Kate over here talking with people, and you had Michael over here telling stories, and then everyone saw they'd come together and they'd talk to a group, and then they'd split off and talk to more, and they were just amazing. They were so yes, much fun, indeed. And and um, also, I just wanted to mention. Okay, so last night there was a WatCon info dump uh, on mm-hmm. Nablus's live stream. They went over different panels, but that's pretty much all they had time for. They ran out of time. So there's things that people who are going for the first time don't know. So I'm going to like quickly mention some of those things in case you're Let's do it. listening for the first time and you are on the fence about whether or not you want to go to WatCon. So Michael and Kate, they also did some live readings, uh, one mm-hmm. at the VIP dinner um, and then one during the main stage area on Saturday. And I know the VIP one, 
I was like literally there like, oh my God, I'm a first time reader. I got to cover my ears, but I can't because it's so good. And yes, I know I haven't gotten to that chapter yet, but <laughs> the way Kate read that, uh, what was it? The golden crane? Yeah. Thing? It was still, you feel the emotion coming through. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, when they did the, what was it? The weep from Manetherin speech chapter yes. the next uh the next day oh my god like from eye of the world so at the time i wasn't listening to the audiobooks then so i kind of missed that i need to go back and like listen to that but it is amazing to hear them live and if you guys haven't listened to the audiobooks yet do it because Mm -hmm. it is amazing it brings the story to life even more than it already is in your own imagination Mm -hmm. okay so that's about As much sorry, just sideline real quick. As much as I love Kate and Michael, Rosamund Pike did an absolutely fantastic job with it as well. So, so you have a couple of different versions. If you yes, for some reason don't love Kate and Michael's voices, first of all, you're a dark friend, but sure, go ahead and listen, uh Rosamund Pike. Um, and if you don't like Rosamund Pike's voice. Also, you're a dark friend, but continuing, I go listen to Kate and Michael. I will, I will say keeping Rosamund Pike in my head as Miranda Frost and listening to the audiobook would be hilariously, like, fantastic. It was good. You would. And Oh, yeah. Anyway, so what? <laughs> okay, so this year they're having four panels on at the same time. So you have to pick, mm-hmm. you know, choose your own adventure. They have four tracks. They have a book track, a TV show track, a kind of a creative uh i don't know if it's creative slash games track and there's like a fourth one i can't remember which one is called it's creative track and then i think there's um, also a games track yeah. yeah so um one thing that they didn't mention was i know last year several content creators had live streams going on either in the lobby or in a separate room um you guys did an awesome job last year andrew i don't know if you were even there or if you were already sick Okay. He was there. I was, I was there for that the was, live stream. That, that was, was the last right time before... anybody saw me. Okay, <laughs> so you were there, and I remember yeah. sitting in the row next to um, Sean Lodging. Uh, my he was a first time reader last year, but he now has finished the books. He was laughing his ass off at you guys, and I was just like watching them laugh as I was watching you, and it was just you guys you have to see the black tower podcast in person live it, they are hilarious. oh it's a whole and new experience i don't plan on catching covid this time not that i did <laughs> time, but. and josh and daniel are extremely good dancers i had no idea what to expect until i saw them on the dance floor they knew all the moves mm. to all the classic dances from like the 90s and the early 2000s i don't know how you guys do it but it was awesome uh, anyways you know how most people keep like phone num like important phone numbers and like their kids names and like their schedules <laughs> and things in their head yeah i have thrown all of that away none of that is important only movie lines and dance moves those are all that's in here <laughs> See, I did the same thing, but instead of dance moves, it's just random war and aircraft information. <laughs> there you go. See, yeah. everybody's got their thing. Um, everybody's got another their thing, thing. Uh, that I wanted to mention for people who can't make it to WatCon, you could still participate. They have two virtual options this year. 
which that is true. Amazing. They have yes. a standard package, which gets you access to all the panels. Um, you can watch at your leisure, all 24 of them. And then if they have a VIP virtual pass, which will get you the same access as a standard. Plus you get to see special behind the scenes footage, uh, a traveling reporter going around the lobby and talking to people, um, access to the VIP dinner, streaming. Uh, it sounds really cool. Yeah. So it'll be fun to watch that stuff back if you're like over here and you don't know what's going on over there and you wanna see what's going on. So um, I'm assuming there will be another FOMOCon uh, but there's there ways for people is. to participate. <laughs> um, the fact that they broadcast the panels, I think, is pretty amazing because I kind of yeah. had major FOMO from Jordan Con because I wasn't there. I didn't know what yeah. was going on. Um, well, and that is definitely one of the things that we actually specifically talked about in our uh, Jordan Con v. WattCon, like what are the biggest differences? Um, and so Jordan Con is definitely getting up to sort of the the technological uh space of being able to go ahead and broadcast everything um and they definitely do broadcast a lot more than they did in in many previous years uh but they definitely were a uh a convention that was started at a time that that was very difficult and not super mainstream available whereas watcon started last year so it was super already technologically mainstream and available to start that way so we are definitely hoping uh to get jordan con up to that level at some point in the future um but the fact that as you said the fact that WatCon is already starting on that foot of being able to broadcast all of the panels being able to broadcast most of the uh you know live streams of people at the at WatCon, the you know the VIP live dinner with or the the readings and and lots of fun things, all of that is super awesome. So definitely, I'm gonna parrot Carrie here for a moment. If you can't go in person, please consider going virtually. It's actually one of the cooler things to be able to just sit there and watch all 24 panels in a row. I mean, maybe not in a row because that'd be a lot, but like literally people who are there aren't going to be able to do that that is actually a benefit that you're going to have immediately that attendees won't even be able to do and that's actually pretty cool eventually oh, i'm sure that will that's what I was saying. Eventually, I'm sure the attendees will have the ability to do that once they get home to their own setups, uh, once it's all posted, all of that different stuff. So it's not something that we will never get. But at the same time, you get it day one, we have to wait. Like, so. Um, a few other reminders about WatCon. Registration closes June 19th. So make sure you get your tickets. Um, the virtual options will be available up through, you know, the start of the convention, but if you want to go in person, you have to get your ticket by June 19th because they mm -hmm. need to plan. They, they need to yes. put in a food order because we like to eat together at this mm -hmm. convention. So get your tickets. Um, and also the Discord server specific to WatCon will open up on June 14th. Yeah, uh, nice. The week I'm on vacation. That sucks. But anyways, <laughs> I'll make do. Um, but yeah, so I'm very passionate about WatCon. I, you know, as well you should be. I went with low expectations last year. I thought, no way in hell is anybody going to want to talk to me. I'm boring. Like, 
why would anybody want to talk to me? And then I get there and then I get there and I start recognizing people. And I'm like, oh my God, I wasn't alone for more than five minutes outside of my room. Like everybody, like if you were sitting alone, somebody would come over and start talking to you. Like it was just this big, somebody described it as a big family reunion meets uh, a summer, uh, uh, a summer camp. So mm-hmm. like we all love being around each other and then we're sad when we depart. So it's just, uh, it's just an awesome That is experience. a fact. Um, yes. Also, most- I want to throw in one more announcement uh, with Carrie's because it's related to these other ones. Um, so it fits here very well. Uh, the room block is full as of right this moment. Uh, so Nablis is actually going and getting them to uh, release more rooms for the room block. They are going to be slightly more expensive a night uh, because we're adding them after the fact. Uh, but please keep a lookout for that because uh, I, I, he's he's getting it. He's working on it right now, and it will be available very soon. Um, and they are still really good rates, so it's it's definitely still worth getting it through the Watcon site and getting it through the room block. A, you'll actually be with the other Wheel of Time nerds, which is awesome. And B, uh, it will be less expensive than a night outside of the room block. So as I said, uh, even if you can't get it right now because they're all full, please keep a lookout. We are working on it and it will, it it might, I think it will probably be done by the time that this is publicly available. Uh, But if you are listening live, uh, hold on just a few more days. It, It should be set up. Uh, by the time this is public. Yeah. Something else that should also be done by the time this goes live is an update to uh, one of the more visible policies for WatCon, that is the COVID-19 uh, mm. policy. There is no vaccination requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we were waiting until the expiration of the emergency measures here in the U.S. on May 11th. Um, and then with me moving and stuff, I kind of forgot that we needed to update that. So, but that will be updated here soon. There is no vaccine requirement for this uh, in regards to COVID-19. Uh, however, by all means, wear your mask, social distance, bring hand sanitizer, whatever you need to do, whatever you would like to do within obviously reasonable and legal bounds yes. uh, to feel safe. You know, that, that doesn't mean like be be nasty and like sneeze all over your hands and then like shake everybody else's hand like no indeed yes but please be kind and be safe and also we are i we are gonna throw out there uh because i don't know if if anyone else knows um the three of us have actually been uh on sort of the what committees since the beginning uh andrew the most so out of any of us uh, but we do still absolutely reserve the right to change the rules if the U.S. changes the rules on us and the suggestions. We are absolutely going by the suggested CDC guidelines and things like that. So as of right now, 100%, there are no more. We are out of the emergency. Um, again, COVID is still a thing, so be safe, be smart. But we are out of the emergency, so we do not have any protocols specific for COVID for this convention as of right now. If that changes for some reason, we will be flexible and change to meet that. So please be aware of that. Uh, But as of right now, he is absolutely right. There are no protocols at the moment, so we will not be requiring any additional protocols. So come on down and just be safe and smart. 
Uh, but you will be required absolutely to wear um, a definitely protects you from both disease and madness uh, Black Tower podcast uh, wristband. So absolutely, um, yeah, that's right. not officially very from, from WatCon, uh, but it's it's officially. <laughs> if you from do me not already have a wristband, ass. you will yeah. need one. These are these are protection terangrial. Yes, trust me. If you and, hang uh, around long enough and see Josh, you will wind up with a wristband. You'll probably wind up with two or three. Also, uh, I do highly recommend that if by WatCon you would like to go ahead and catch one of us snoozing, if you become a Patreon at a particular level and get one of these bad boys, you can go ahead and coin check the boys at the Black Tower. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, uh, we will we have explained it in many other episodes and we'll be happy to explain it again. But I don't necessarily want to spend more time during this episode explaining it. But <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, and if you don't, we will likely have uh, some available for winning at uh, WatCon. I'm actually ever so slightly disappointed because we had one available at JordanCon and no one ever came and claimed it. It's true. So true. do better at WatCon, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, he who comes with the wine in the live chat says that we need to sticky the rules somewhere. Um, that is a great idea. Uh, we will absolutely do that. <laughs> yes. Um, we will make that available. Maybe on our website. Maybe I'll do like a Patreon page. Ooh, that's a good idea. That would be smart. Okay. Also, it might not anyway. actually be a bad idea to go ahead and sticky that somewhere where everyone can see, just in case someone who's well, I mean, not like a on our main website has gotten a coin. Um, because there are definitely a handful of people who have gotten coins who are not our patrons. So oh, that's true. That's true. So, anyway, well that Gary. I'll put it on the main website. That way <laughs> okay. it's accessible to everybody. Two more Watcom things to say really quick. Perfect. Two more Watcom things forever. So I apologize. <laughs> Okay, number one. Uh, Ain't nothing is, wrong with that. This is for Wolf Brother. Everybody, the convention is run by fans for fans, yes. and it doesn't run itself. So we need mm -hmm. volunteers. So even if you can volunteer for one tiny chunk of your convention schedule, like a morning or an afternoon, um, they need volunteers in all areas of the convention. So. Um, because I won a free ticket this year, I actually signed up today to volunteer for two time Yay! slots because I feel nice. like I'm a pro Thank you very much. I've done this. I've done this <laughs> once before. I'm a pro. Um, so there's that. And then the last thing I want to say, because like I said, I can talk about WalkCon forever. You know, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you guys an exclusive announcement. Uh, not shared anywhere Excellent. on uh, social media yet. Um, I'm going to be on the first time reader panel. Nice. Um, That's awesome. There you go. For all of you tuned in right now, you know your first uh, your first scheduled item that you got to put on your WatCon schedule. So yeah, that's it's scary and exciting, but you know we'll figure it out. You're going to knock it out. No, I'm sure you're going to do a great job. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so normally what we do here, Carrie, is we give our final thoughts and we wrap it up and we call it a night. Uh, I want to give you the chance. I know you've been plugging WatCon, which we're grateful for. Um, I want to give you the chance just really quick, you know, where you're at in the books. Just yeah, kind of give so, us some um, basic a quick, summation. A few, a few theories and a few questions yes. I have. Um, nice. So, you know, I will tell people, because I'm very curious, and sometimes I can't take it anymore. 
and I don't have patience. <laughs> don't Google We've things, people. There. Don't Google mm-hmm. things. I Googled uh, the Black Aja once. Don't do it. You um, know things that you don't want to know. Go to thegreatblight.com. That's a good That's resource. a spoiler-friendly glossary. Yep. Yes, and some glossaries will take you to the point where you are in the books, and they only release mm-hmm. things um, related to that. Yep. So here are my thoughts. Um, and this is obviously spoiler through the end of Fires of Heaven. Mm-hmm. So Moraine and Lanfear went through the doorway and it melted. Mm-hmm. I've watched enough crime shows on TV. If I don't <laughs> see a body, there's no way she could be dead. All that happened is you, okay, you removed that door from that particular alternate re- universe, reality, whatever, but there has to be another way to access wherever she is. I just don't know yet. Um, Interesting. I do want to throw out there, I, I love your thoughts. I do. Love your tenacity but I do, there. But I do want to throw out there, there is a book series that came out not too awful long ago, and this is definitely a spoiler warning for the Harry Potter books. Uh, there were a heck of a lot of people that said the same thing about Sirius Black going through that doorway with the curtain uh, in Harry Potter, and his ass never me? came back. I'm just saying. <laughs> why I'm you just saying. So while you're absolutely, like, oh. I appreciate your thought process, and there are plenty of stories where you're right, where there's not a body, and they and something, you know, fucky happens. We have at least one story series out there where they there's no uh there's some weirdness and ain't nobody ever come back i'm just saying that when we get to uh fires of heaven in the tv show and they get down to like we get to use our one f-bomb if they don't <laughs> use it with Lanfear popping out and going who the fuck is avienda <laughs> <laughs> they have sorely sorely missed an opportunity or 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 conversely I would also really appreciate it if uh, Landfear comes out holding Kadir's skin uh, and goes, who's Avienda? And Rand just looks at her and goes, fuck. Oh, and then- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that would also I like it. Sorry, continue, Carrie. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, talking about theories and uh, questions. Fires of Heaven. Okay, so Fires of Heaven. So the other thing was I had my first real experience with the unreliable narrator Mm. when Matt comes bursting into the chamber of Rand and saying, oh, my God, Morghese is dead. Um, I was like, no, she's not. She just (laughs) ran off. She escaped. And by the way, that that chapter where she uh, broke through the compulsion, I thought that was one of my favorite chapters. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, She ran off with a few hooligans from the town. Like She's still alive. I don't know what she's up to, but she's not dead. Wow. Calling and Basil so, or Talavor. How just a dare you? <laughs> and then Indeed. My final thought on Fires of Heaven is the part where Rand goes into the dream world in the living flesh. That mm. was a shocker to me. I wasn't expecting Ooh. that. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty cool sequence because on the other hand, you got the girls who are already in the dream world and then you got Gideon doing her mischief and it was just a really cool ending 
but I felt like nice. the book had multiple endings. <laughs> it's it's definitely one of the ones that kind of feels like it could have ended three times. I I don't disagree with you. And there's a lot of epic stuff going on, which is part of the reason that it's like, okay, well, we want to tie up each of these things, which means that it feels like there are three endings. <laughs> but yeah, True. no, you're totally right. I completely, I, I feel that. Yeah, so... Uh, I just love the um, symbolism of um, whenever they come back in uh, right after, it's either at the end of the Far Snows or the very start of the next chapter, where they come back through... Uh, the gateway and the closing the gateway cuts off like the tip of the Sean Chan spear. But oh, then he yes. also had like Rand, Matt, and Parent at Falma, mm -hmm. like summoning the with Matt summoning the heroes of the horn and then following Rand and everything and him fighting mm -hmm. uh, Ishmael, basically breaking off the tip of the Sean Chan invasion spear. Yep. So no, it's good stuff. Symbolism. Well, that was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I like that too. The word when, you're looking for is symbolism. <laughs> when they got out of the igloo and they were like, "Oh my god, they're in!" I'm like, "Oh my god, they're in Sanchan country!" Like, what? How did this happen? Like, I wasn't. Expecting you're in Sanchan country now. <laughs> so that kind of the world building just kind of exploded at that point, you know. And yeah. there's obviously a lot I haven't uncovered yet. And you know, mm -hmm. RJ takes his time. But when he gets to something good, he like blows it out of the ballpark. Yep. And um, this is the thing that I find so interesting. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, uh, man, I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, RJ, <laughs> you just love this building, stuff so much. Um, uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. can i ask you a question carrie while you're trying to go ahead and and yes. put yourself thought back together um are you as a first-time reader aware of the fact that canonically the sean chan in robert jordan's head had texan accents i heard about that <laughs> good i am very glad I will not rest until every Wheel of Time reader knows <laughs> that according to RJ's thought process, canonically, the Sean Chan Hodex Have you heard our headcanon that they now get stereotypical Canadian accents? Wait, is that our headcanon? Oh, we talked about it in one of the episodes. Yeah, we had, we had well, a whole so. episode on it. Yeah. Nova so, Scotia. They're not. Uh, they're not nice enough to be given Canadian. That's accents. what makes it so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question to the universe. Why? Okay. Why do we love Wheel of Time so much? What is it about this series that is different from other series that we always elevate it above anything else? Why are we so mm. emotionally attached to fictional characters? <laughs> like. <sighs> Andrew, take it away. Actually answer the question. I think oh, you'll yeah, probably yeah. feel a lot of what's going on in Josh and I's hearts right now. Um, I think it resonates so well and we we get so attached to it and are so involved with it because no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've experienced in life, there is more than just a little bit of the wheel of time that resonates deeply with anyone. 
Um, you may not resonate with Matt. You may not resonate with Pierre. You may not resonate with Rand. You might only resonate with, um, with like uh, Herod Fell, or you might only resonate with Men, or you might only resonate with oh, pick a character. There's like uh, like twenty seven hundred of them. Um, that named, named, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, right. you can kind of follow along with a lot of these characters, um, and. If nothing else, you can follow along with the thought processes that all of these characters use uh, and have to an extent. So it's it's a world where you get to see from a kind of overarching standpoint that isn't 100% guaranteed to be right, because you mentioned the unreliable narrator, which is very much um, a very serious thing that Robert Jordan did very well. Um, but you get to you get to tag along and you get to find these characters that you either really enjoy or that you really feel familiar with or that you're like hey i see some of myself in them and you get to follow their their journey and you get to see uh the growth or the the conflict resolution that the characters go through if they get to go through it and to some degree i think it has a kind of symbiotic feeling to the people going through it and reading it with the characters that as you know if you resonate with Rand and you see Rand struggling with uh with different things going on in his world and if he gets to a point where he can resolve whatever the issue is then i think you get a little bit of that that serotonin boost of that resolving process. issues yeah and you get a little bit of that kind of like extra nudge to like well look how bad things were for this character you know um and look at how they fought through it and it kind of emboldens us to go through it but it also uh, in part opens up a massive array of ways to start conversations about everything from like the simplest topic of just miscommunication uh, with friends to the more complex arguments and the more complex discussions uh, that that we have in, in our world. Uh, but I think also a, a non-negligible massive part of it is the majority of the Will of Time fandom uh, that by and large is very welcoming very understanding very warm uh, especially to to new readers and new members to the community that very much are open to these conversations and open to trying not to spoil all the first time readers and that kind of stuff so you get both this in world uh, very immersive experience but once you find the fandom as well if you're if you're fortunate enough to do that you get this very real very interpersonal connection uh that is going to be intimately tied to the same book series that you feel this kind of in-series connection to. Yep. I also just want to throw in there another thing that I've always felt to be really important about this story, uh, and one of the things that elevates it to me, is that it is a classic story of good and evil. There is a big bad, and they are basically the embodiment of chaos. They are the basically the embodiment of evil and whatnot. But at the same time, there are so many characters in the story that are just trying to do their best. And so many of them get so complicated because the world that RJ made was incredibly complicated. And the people in the world that populate it are incredibly complicated. And so when you read these characters that you resonate with and they're going through so much complex stuff, I think it really allows people to forgive themselves for their complicatedness and learn from these fictional characters, complicated natures, 
and circumstance and things like that and appreciate that where they are is not necessarily where they need to be uh as andrew sort of said about dealing with hard things and see how this character came out on the other side and things like that but again the bad characters aren't always all bad and the good characters aren't always all good even though at the end of the day it is sort of that classic story of all good and all evil there's so much more to it and I think that that's one of the other reasons that it has stuck out to me so much through my life personally is the Robert Jordan made such a a complex and creative world that everybody feels super real. They feel very honest and very human. Um, I will say and that's that it, one of the cool things. I will say that it finally, uh, The Will of Time, especially book one, finally allowed me to forgive myself for turning that badger loose in first grade. As oh. it should have. Because yeah. you too can also be <laughs> a great character by the third book in your story. Yeah. Even wasn't on the village being the class clown in book one and finding a dagger. It wasn't on the village green, but there were two kids in my uh, my first grade class with last names Village and Green. So, I I will say this is why we me, can have these things. <laughs> I will say for me, the the resonation with me was always soul resonance. Sorry, you can, <laughs> so resonant. Just sorry, resonance. I had I had to make a, a soul leader reference. No, of course, <laughs> the it was always for me I, I always used to tell people look this is a book book story book series story there you unlike go unlike any other there are characters you will absolutely love one chapter and their character and that same character you will hate them the very next chapter sometimes but it's because they're people and mm-hmm. you have a broad spectrum of personalities and cultures and differences of opinion and as i as as i've grown as i thought about this a lot i've i've been able to refine it refine that idea into a simple concept that rj does this amazing job of building an amazing fantasy world where it's magic and it's you know destiny and it's the evil the battle between good and evil and it's this and it's that he but he thing. does it said in a it's way magic, you know. that is so Whoa, relatable and human. So you get the idea that this is... A, yes, Rand is, is the prophesied potential savior of the world. We don't know if he's going to save the world or destroy the world. But Either he's way, also I just a regular person trying to figure out what that means and i just i really (laughs) really love that i love how that's sort of spilled you assholes that was that was one of the greatest quotes i have ever heard on this show that was so good all right well but yeah we have got to kind of wrap it there Mm -hmm. uh carrie Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much Agreed. for sharing Thank your for having me. Thoughts, oh, feelings, that, and loves. Do you have 
because uh, I feel like this is also a really good way to leave it off. Things that have happened uh, in the fires of heaven and before that you're waiting on answers to or to be resolved as you move into Lord of uh, Lord of Chaos or beyond. Um, she did already mention pick, one. Yeah. Do you have anything um, else that like you're really like, I, okay, I want this to be resolved? I'm really rooting for Nynaeve and Lan to be together. Um, the fact that his bond Who? transferred to Lanive. Some... She's looking for the Lanive ship, guys. Transferred to somebody else. We don't know much about that yet, but it was like, will they find each other again? Um I I want to know more okay. about Matt and you know the dice talking in his mm. head um mm. more about how he was impacted by the i'm probably gonna say this wrong elfin and elfin the elfin and the elfin nailed yep. it <laughs> um uh, is rand gonna go mad in this book that i'm about to read and when am i gonna meet the black tower like i feel embarrassed <laughs> that I went to um, Wacom after I was surrounded by <laughs> a lot of guys dressed up as Aishaman, and I'm like, I haven't met you guys yet in the books. <laughs> well, um, I, I will say this, Lord of Chaos. Yes, and that's yep. why I know you keep hinting that I'm going to enjoy this one. So, um, <laughs> it is very true. It just is still trying true. to get through the prologue at this point. <laughs> you can do it yes we believe indeed you. someday well, you'll be out of the prologue it may not you. be this day but it is not this day <laughs> all right well thank you thank you so much we are so happy to have had you um mm -hmm. did you guys mm -hmm. like what you saw tonight if you do leave a comment below maybe we'll have some other first re first time readers on as well first uh, readers we are going to see you in july at WatCon. Absolutely. Um, big hug from all of us coming straight to you. Um, if you guys do come to WatCon, be sure to come by and say hello to Carrie. She's super fun and super awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, that's that's it. That's the show, guys. Like, Let us know uh, what you thought in the comments below. Like and subscribe. Go to our website, blacktarpod.com. Um, thanks for tuning in for this week's dose of madness we hope you've enjoyed it we hope you leave here just a little bit more insane than you were when you first got here and uh from all of us here at the black tower i have been your sorabon mahale josh and i've been that there bajan mahale andrew and i have been your amon khan mahale daniel and again from all of us here at the black tower Big thank you to Carrie. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in July. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking to us. Uh, thanks for anybody who joined us for this first time reader uh, spoiler light uh, episode of the Black Tower podcast. Uh, and definitely hope to see all of you at WatCon uh, and or next year at JordanCon as well. Uh, have a lovely rest of the morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Watcon.com. Get your fucking tickets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys.
much trouble, just fitting.